0: Welcome to Plead the Cause, where we're here to plead the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world and right here at home. I'm Tommy, Director of Community Engagement for Heart of the Bride Ministries, and I am joined by one of our own, Matt Nelms, who serves as the Regional Manager for Care Portal in our area and uh, has been a, a part of the Heart of the Bride family for a while now. Matt, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks, Tommy. It's really good to be here.
0: Yeah, so Matt and his wife are actually in a future episode going to be sharing about their own personal adoption story. But today I just wanted to talk with Matt a little bit about just the overview of adoption. Uh, there are, are things that people probably don't realize. And so Matt, you're going to kind of, we're going to pick your brain a little bit. We're not going to go into too much depth, but just to give people some general understandings of the fact that there are different types of adoption and, and kind of maybe what it entails, you know, it's sometimes it's, it's hard, you know, but there are definitely blessings in it. And so I guess the first thing is there are, there are different types of adoption, correct?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, but I would, I would want to even start first by, uh, just, um, being clear that it's not a man-made construct, right? We, uh, we can read clearly. Uh, both in Old Testament and New Testament, this is this is the Lord's design. Adoption is the Lord's design. Um, certainly, in, in the grander scheme, when it comes to His eternal family, you know that's His heart uh, that that no man um, would go without Him as their heavenly Father. So, you know, adoption not created by man, adoption uh, spiritually created by God, and and even here on this earth, the the, the heart of adoption. Uh, was designed by God. So uh, I think that's pretty important to, to just make clear that yeah, we come up with different forms, different types of uh, adopting, legally adopting into, into families. But at the heart of it, you know, the design, though, even the, the, the whole thought of being a father to the fatherless and making someone who's not your own, your own uh, in, you know, in a closeness into your family and uh, in integration with all the rights and privileges of that family. Uh, that is the Lord's construct. Uh, the the types you know that we've we've kind of delineated. You know, there's international adoption, uh, there's domestic private adoption, and then there's local adoption from foster care. Those are the three main uh, types that that uh, we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, and so foreign. Uh- I mean, do you have maybe a little bit of information of each one? Because obviously there's there's going to be a little bit different uh, ways that each one is handled. Uh, I know foreign ones can take a while. Brian, our executive director, is going to share his story about foreign adoption. But what could be some of the differences, you know, when we're talking about sure. these these three?
1: Yep. So there, there, there's some similarities in, in all of them uh, and then certainly some differences. Uh, the process for... Um, each is, you know, basically uh, deciding you want uh, to make a child um, your own. You know, bring them into your family, uh, one that you aren't giving birth to yourself. And uh, uh, and and so, you know, the similarity is is a social worker comes into your home and does a home study, and will, you know. Really, you know, a lot of this is, it seems kind of invasive to, to people when they, when they find out what a home study is, uh, but all three types will have a home study performed by a licensed social worker um, who's been is skilled and trained to, to do a home study. They'll come in and find out about your, your personal backgrounds, uh, the, what the relationships are within, you know, your current family, both immediate and your extended family. Uh, so they dig into your past. Um, they, they they dig into your personal life. It can be um, uh, it can be pretty you know feel fairly invasive where they're in every nook and cranny of uh, of your relationships, but also your finances. Uh, they want to know about uh, your career and um, criminal backgrounds. You know they get into your 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 background checks. They want to know where you go on vacation, uh, your hobbies. And then they come in and just make sure that your house is safe and that your neighborhood is kid friendly uh, and things like that. So the home study is part of, of all three of those. Um, and I would say, you know, it is, it, it is kind of the the quick and somewhat painless part of it. Um, you know, you got to gather references from, from, uh, coworkers and from family, uh, friends, they'll get references from all of, all of them. Um, but it's usually a, anywhere from a month to six month process. There's some training that you get as parents. Um, so you'll go to some basic, uh, you know, this is what it looks like to, to be a parent of, of uh, a child that you're adopting. Here's some of the challenges, you know, here here's some, um, a little bit of trauma training that you get uh, depending on where you're gonna be adopting from and how you're gonna be adopting. So there's some training involved and that's, you know, can. Ex- can uh, be anywhere from, you know, a couple weeks to a few months, depending on how it's spaced out. Uh, but for international adoptions, you know, sometimes the 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 longest aspect of that is getting the funds together because it is expensive. We're talking, uh, I'm going to say, uh, you know, what was thirty to forty thousand on average is now up into the sixty thousand uh, type range. So thirty to sixty thousand dollars. Uh, and there are some variables associated with that, but, you know, so super expensive to adopt internationally. Uh, and then timeline wise, international adoptions, are, I would say kind of a medium timeline, um, but can be anywhere from uh, a year to three years, I'm going to say a year to four years kind of time timeframe. Uh, but then there's some unique aspects, you know, depending on which country you'd like to adopt from. Those countries all have different laws about what's required, so that can change the, the, the cost and the time duration associated with international adoption. Uh, and then some countries you know, will only adopt if the child has unique uh, medical needs or behavioral needs or if it's uh, you know, unique circumstances. So um, each country has a little bit different uh, requirement, if you will, or criteria for the adoption process.
0: And those are definitely important things to consider if you're looking at adoption is just to kind of uh, look at what time frame you're kind of looking at, uh, look at the costs. And uh, if you are looking to do foreign uh, adoption, like you said, you know, you're going to want to look and see what countries may have different stipulations and and who they may allow you uh, to adopt. Like you said, some countries, it's only if there's a special medical case. And so all those things are important to be considered i mean it's it's really a a a matter of due diligence right on both parts the the state the government is going to do their due diligence to make sure sure that they're placing the kid into a fit home uh, so that they're not going to just end up right back where they were and you know, it's important for the person who's looking to adopt to do their due diligence in that process. And, and I think it is important to remember that it can be costly and it can be time, time consuming. Uh, Matt, I don't want to go too much into your story because we're going to share it on next week's episode, but uh, how long did your adoption take?
1: From when we were, you know, from when we started the process of getting licensed until when we were, you know, fit initially adopted, you know, adopted our daughter Taylor. It was about three, uh, almost three and a half years. So it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a a quick slam dunk kind of thing. Um, And that's normally the case with adopting from foster care. Um, You know, uh, unless you are willing to take on a pretty large sibling set, uh, so get licensed to adopt locally. Uh, If you're willing to take on a large sibling set, you can, you can probably get placed pretty quickly. Uh, Because there are uh, there are needs for that Uh, in Florida, in in every state, there are needs for families that are willing. And, you know, I I think, you know, an empty nester family is perfect for taking on, you know, another three little littles um, just when they think they're going to hit the sunset stage of life. Like, why not um, become um, adoptive parents uh, in that empty nest phase of life? And uh, I've seen that work out really well. Uh, But that can be pretty quick. Uh, You can get placed pretty quickly with a sibling set or other high needs. So if they're behavioral needs or medical needs for a child that's in foster care, uh, you can be placed fairly quickly, you know, within a year time frame of uh, the training plus the the placement. Um, Or if it's uh, a teenager, you know, in Florida right now, there is there is uh, quite a bit of um, need for um, adoptive homes that will take a teenager, and that will, you know, come with a different style of of challenge. You know, in terms of just um, the integration into the family, will you know, the, it'll be quick up front, and it'll be cheap, and and the state will pay for all of the training. They'll pay for the lawyers to get the finalization done, and then the additional counseling and help that you'll need as a family. You know, trying to integrate. Uh, a teenager in your home will, it'll be on kind of the backside of adoption. Um, So for the, for the, um, for that to take place. So yeah, lots of different variables for a private adoption. You know, usually it's a, it's a family that wants an infant. And so you will um, go to a private adoption agency. You'll be, you'll get the home study and you'll do the training just as I described. Uh, And then you, you might wait a while, you know, there'll, there'll be some expenses along the way. Uh, maybe twenty to 30000 20, $20, thirty thousand dollar kind of um, range, and then you'll wait anywhere from, you know, six months to to two years um, before you're matched and 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 can bring home your little infant. And then there's the question of will it be an open adoption or a closed adoption? And those are some of the the nuances of of a private adoption.
0: And it's, it's good to hear the differences. I mean, there's, you know, we think about these adoption agencies when we talk about a, just what we would say a typical domestic adoption or a foreign adoption. Uh, but you and I were talking yesterday just about adoption and foster care and kind of how that works, which I think is a lot of people probably, at least a lot of people that I know in the area, that's kind of the route they've gone more is adopting kids who are already in the, in the foster system and and kind of going through that process where parental rights are terminated. Uh, but that that's a that's quite a process that some people might not uh, understand. They may think that they can just foster with the intent to adopt, but there's really no program that does that, that, that it's kind of a foster with the intent to adopt that specific kid that you want to foster. Uh, it really is two separate things. And, and I think that was something that you guys found out in your own story, and so just to, to kind of help people understand that, can you speak to a little bit of, of, of that difference of the fact that there's, there is no adoption straight out of foster or, you know, or foster to adopt kind of program uh, you kind of have to go through both.
1: Yeah. Here in Florida, you know, foster to adopt is, um, you know, I think we're, we're, we're beyond that. We're into a new trend. The, they they really are pushing more for unification uh, for the kids that come into care, uh, into foster care, and so uh, what they're, you know, what they're trying to, um, to to trend away from is, you know, folks that are are fostering just in order to maybe handpick who it is they want to adopt. Um, so that was kind of a, you know, a, a tertiary and, uh, and unexpected outcome of some of the foster to adopt uh, initiatives, and so. Right now, they are recruiting heavily for um, foster families, those that will commit to um, fostering a child for a while while the state works hard to reunify and, um, and make it a, a reunification option with the family. So that is what they're, they're recruiting strongly for. And they have a, a huge number of waiting families to just adopt from foster care. And so a lot of families are looking for you know, that two-year-old or, or even an infant um, looking for, you know, five or under single, you know, a single boy or single girl. And so um, those those kids wind up that are in the foster care that fit that, that demographic are often adopted by their foster family. And so even though that is a, is a, is a 50% of the time, you know, an outcome is that, um, kids in foster care wind up needing an adoptive home, um, the preponderance, you know, 80 to 90% of those are adopted by the the last foster home that they were with. So um, even though there's not a, a an initiative of foster to adopt, uh, a lot of kiddos are being adopted um, after they've been fostered by a family. And so that is one way. And so you know, one really great thing about the foster system is you get, you know, a lot of great training on um, how to how to handle different um, behaviors associated with trauma and loss from a, from a child. And so, uh, these foster homes are very are, they're well equipped to adopt um, kiddos that come from hard places. So, uh, it actually is becoming, you know, I think the trend um, that Florida is pushing that. Hey, let's let's get as many foster families as we can. Let's reunify as many as we possibly can. And then, if the general outcome is that some of these foster families wind up adopting the kids that they're placed with, uh, then it's actually a, a win-win-win. It's a, it's good in in every direction.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important that if if someone is is looking to adopt and they're they're kind of looking at the foster system as as an option for them to get involved with with the ultimate goal to adopt, I think it's good to go in with eyes wide open of, of what that could entail, you know, because like you said, in, in 50% of the cases, or maybe a little more, I, I don't know, the, they tend to get adopted by a foster family, but it's not always the case. And I think people need to be aware of that, you know, that there is often a fight uh, that can come with that uh, uh, in the sense of, of kind of, going multiple times to the courts and the and lots of legal battles my brother went through that you know his his youngest the parental rights were terminated uh, with that dad and the mom quickly uh, because of drug use and so they they were able to, able to adopt the his youngest very quickly but the other four who had a different dad it was a long drawn out thing going through the courts uh, regarding family members to see you know, were these family members fit to take care of the kids? And it, it took over a year before they did the courts determined that they weren't. And, and they awarded my brother and and my sister-in-law you know, the rights to adoption for the other four. And so it was a very long drawn out thing, but I've also seen friends of mine who have fostered and kind of came to a place of saying, we want to adopt this kid. And then kind of at the 11th hour, a family member came up and the courts determined that it was a a good opportunity for, like you were talking about reunification with family. And so they placed the child with that family member. And and that can be heartbreaking, you know, because you you get to this point where you're like, you're all in and you're already envisioning like, yes, we're going to adopt this kid. And then something like that happens. And so, you know, we just, we want to share the realities of this. Like it can be difficult. And I think one of the things that we talked about uh, yesterday in some of our conversations was just trusting God with the outcomes, you know, and you kind of have to go in saying, God, I'm willing, I am willing, and I'm going to trust you. And and it doesn't mean it's going to make the process easier, but we've got to have faith in God and, and, and his will and, and him kind of uh, being in control and so- being sovereign over the outcomes. And it's not always easy, man. I mean, you've, you've gone through it yourself. So, you know, you can kind of speak to that, um, a little bit. So,
1: absolutely. Adopting, um, fostering is risky business. Uh, and, and I think the, you know, the body of Christ is specially equipped with faith, you know, trust in God as a, as a sovereign provider and, and a, and a, and a good God, you know, we're specially equipped to handle risk. And so I think we, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're able to um, support our friends and family that are, that are going through either fostering or adopting in a, in a unique way, in a special way. And I think it's because it was his design to begin with, you know, the whole being a father to the fatherless, that's his, um, his call on on people's lives. And so I think he meets us in our time of need uh, as his word promises. And, Uh, We're able to endure uh, suffering. And as you said, you know, sometimes, you know, it's a beautiful thing. I think when there are multiple families that want to adopt one child, right? When, when that, when that tension occurs, it actually, it's, it's kind of a beautiful mess Uh, because yes, it's going to take a lot more time for uh, all of the uh, experts involved to make a decision. What is in the best interest of the child? Uh, and what is in the best interest of each of these families? Uh, it's, it's going to take extra time, and so there's a, a state of limbo that everybody's in, and, and it requires this endurance that um, I think you know the Lord can can give a family uh, as they wait. Um, but it is it is absolutely absolutely a risk. Even when you foster uh, and you foster well, it's risky business because the the role the goal is to get really attached, right. And teach these kids how to bond, how to receive love. And the only way to do that is to put your heart fully in it and you get attached, right. And you bond and you know, they're going to get potentially reunified uh, or go be adopted somewhere else. And so it's, you know, you're basically, there's, there's a loss coming and you're anticipating a loss coming, but you still invest your whole heart, um, all your mind into, Treating them as your own, loving them as your own um, and helping them learn how to receive uh, that kind of love is really one of the, the main goals of, of foster care. So, um, you know, it, it is it, it is often a, a risky, beautiful mess of a ministry that, that you get yourself involved in. And I think it you know, it, you find out quickly that the only way you're going to be able to do it is is uh, on your knees, you know, relying on the Lord. Uh, day in and day, you know, day after day as things get hard.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a a lot of vulnerability in putting your heart out Mm -hmm. there. Uh, So in it, you, you, in our conversation, you'd also kind of briefly mentioned that, you know, sometimes the cost can be high. And so I just, before we end today, I want to be able to share that we do have uh, opportunities for assistance at Heart of the Bride, you know, we specifically work with an adoption grant. Uh, so, can you share a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, quarterly we um, gather as a, a board on the adoption grant board, and I'm I'm blessed to be a member of that. Uh, we review the applications, which include a home study and other information from families that are submitting uh, for the grant, and then uh, we talk through you know some objective measures as to as to how we would. Allocate the funds that have been donated to us, and um, oftentimes we're able to to award you know multiple grants to families each quarter. Um, you know we're thankful for all of the, the generosity of of people that are, are giving to Heart of the Bride, so that we can do this. And you know we just we just awarded um, a family a sweet young family um, four thousand uh, dollars to go help pay for. What was a forty thousand dollar adoption? So it's only ten percent of of their overall cost, but it actually goes a long way. It's super helpful for them. Uh, so you know, if, if we can bless others that are are doing international adoption or or domestic, um, we we don't typically you know award uh, to uh, foster you know, adopting out of foster care because most of those expenses are paid for and covered uh, by the the state. So. Um, It's a it's a beautiful thing to be involved in. And uh, it's fun. It's fun to get to make that phone call and say, hey, you're one step closer uh, to meeting this this need so that you get to go pick up your kid in, in Liberia. So it's a fun, fun group to be a part of.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that's a blessing. And so what we want to do is just first, thank you all for watching this. And we want to encourage you that if if you are considering adoption or someone you know is considering adoption, we want to invite you to reach out to us. You know, we have multiple people that are part of the heart of the bride family who have gone through adoptions. You know, we have many who have been involved with foster care. Uh, We have an extended family through our care portal and through a lot of the churches that we work with who have gone through adoptions and foster care as well. So if, if you're looking at doing foster care, if you're, if you're looking to, to ultimately do adoption and you have questions you just maybe need some encouragement. You need some prayer. We want to invite you to reach out to us. You, you can check us out on the website at heartofthebride.org. Uh, you can go to our staff page. You can see you you can find uh, myself and my email, Matt's email, uh, Brian, our executive director, any of us. You can reach out to us and just let us know, like, hey, I have some more questions, and and we would love to talk with you. Matt would can share his story and and kind of help you walk through. Uh, Some from his experience, Brian can as well. Uh, You're going to be hearing their adoption stories with their families in in coming episodes over the next couple of weeks. So we're excited to share those. But we want to to be able to pray with you, help you, walk with you along this journey. So go to the website, shoot us an email, you know, connect with us on Facebook. You can send us a message there as well, and, and we'll walk with you through this and just help guide you along the way also if this uh, video has impacted you in any way we want to invite you to subscribe to the channel share it with your friends and we we would ask that you would like this video and leave a comment that helps with the youtube algorithms to help put this video out uh, in front of more people and we definitely want to share these 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 messages of hope and you know, and just how we can help others. And so doing all of that will help us do that. If you are looking to just do the audio version only, if, if that's your preference, you can check out the podcast on Apple podcast or Spotify. And uh, Matt, I just want to thank you again for, for coming on and just giving us this overview of adoption. We're excited to hear you uh, and Tracy share about your personal adoption story on next week's episode, but thank you for joining us. Looking forward to it. Thanks, time. All right. Yeah, definitely. All right. Plead the cause where we are pleading the cause of the orphaned and vulnerable children around the world. We'll see you next time.